From the Financial Times in London, I'm Fiona Simon and this is FT News. British Prime Minister Theresa May went to Brussels for a European summit within hours of her first big legislative defeat at home when pro-European Conservatives backed a move insisting that the UK Parliament have a full vote on any Brexit deal before it can be implemented. How was she received? Well, the FT's Jim Brunston and George Parker have been at the summit soaking up the atmosphere and here's their report. I'm Jim Brunsden, EU correspondent for the Financial Times in Brussels, and with me is George Parker, the FT's political editor. And we are sitting at the European Council meeting in Brussels, where Theresa May has been meeting with other EU leaders in a two-day meeting that, among other exciting issues, will be discussing the next stages of Brexit. So, um, George, Theresa May was coming here after a um, parliamentary setback, a severe setback, and uh, now she's actually coming to try and convince other EU leaders that she is still someone they can do a deal with on Brexit. What kind of reception did she get? Well, she's had an amazing reception, actually. She's been love-bombed, fellow European leaders, on the way into the European Council. People hailing her stalwart leadership of the country, her brilliance as a negotiator, and the fact that she's someone who can deliver on a Brexit deal. And I think that reveals a truth about um, Theresa May's situation, which is in some ways that her weakness is actually her strength. Um, the fact is that there are many people in this building at the European Council who want to do a deal with Theresa May. They like the fact that she is sort of fairly moderate, they like the fact that she is better than the possible alternatives who could be running the Conservative Party, including Eurosceptics like Boris Johnson. And frankly, they quite like the fact that she's quite weak, because if you recall, back in June, Theresa May had a general election where she said she needed to have a strong mandate to negotiate Brexit. In fact, she's got the opposite, a very weak mandate, and I think that rather suits the 27 other leaders at this European summit. But why would that suit them? And why aren't they coming to her with more hard questions about what's going to happen? Domestically, the way it's being presented in the press is that she has now been even further weakened by what happened in Parliament. The fact that an amendment was adopted to the EU withdrawal bill is is a blow to her authority. So why aren't they asking tougher questions for her, saying, what's the point of negotiating with you if we don't know that you're going to be able to pass what we're actually going to agree out here in Brussels? Well, I think there was a meeting at the European Council in October where they sat around discussing exactly this question about whether Theresa May could survive, and particularly whether she could survive as a leader if they made life difficult for her in these Brexit negotiations, and if there wasn't a breakthrough at the December Council. And they had a look over the edge, and they thought, actually, we want Brexit to be negotiated smoothly. We don't want chaos in the UK. It's not actually to anyone's benefit. And so I think the European Council has decided they want to keep Theresa May going. And interestingly enough, back in the UK, there's a similar calculation being made by Conservative MPs, whether they're pro-Brexit or anti-Brexit. Conservative MPs have concluded that if Theresa May went, the Conservative Party could be plunged into a civil war on Europe, chaos could ensue, and you could be forced to have a general election, which might end up with Jeremy Corbyn, a Labour leader that many of them regard as somewhat Marxist in demeanour, running the country. So everyone whether it's Conservative Eurosceptics or Angela Merkel in Berlin, seems to have an interest in keeping Theresa May going right through to Brexit in 2019. So it seems there's no alternative to Theresa for the time being. But we are going to be treated to the interesting spectacle at this summit that when Brexit is really discussed, Theresa May is not going to be here. She's going to be shut out the doors of the meeting room because it's going to be a discussion on Friday uh, just among the other 27 leaders of the EU about the next steps. What do you think their priorities are going to be and how are they going to try and orienteer the next phase of discussions? 
Well, you're right. So Theresa May um, was, again, a very brief presentation on the uh, Thursday night of the summit over dinner and was applauded by fellow leaders for, who congratulated her for navigating her way through the first stage of the Brexit negotiations. Um, navigation she achieved primarily by caving into most of the European Union's demands, to be quite frank with you. And you're right, as we move into the second phase of the negotiations, which we started in the session on Friday, you know, the European Union will give formal approval to the start of the second phase of the negotiations on a transition deal and a, a trade deal. I think the emphasis will really be on maintaining unity in the EU27. So I think there'll be a very speedy agreement on a transition deal, probably concluded by uh, March, which will give Britain two years of breathing space. But after that, I think the hardball stuff will really start. The European Union is determined to preserve the uh, integrity of the single market, the unity of the European Union. They aren't going to cut the UK, the kind of have our case and eat it deal, dreamt of by Boris Johnson, the Foreign Secretary. So I think they'll stand together. They'll make it clear that Britain doesn't want to go down a sort of Norway, EEA-type route of staying effectively in the single market. There's only one option, which is to have a free trade agreement, which will look something like the deal that EU's just struck with Canada, which might suit the European Union, but frankly will be less appealing to uh, many in the UK because it won't do much for services. Right, but one of the messages coming from EU leaders coming into this summit, in the days leading up to it, was that they wanted to hear more from the UK side about what they want. Does it, to a degree, suit everyone at the moment, that there's a bit of ambiguity and that buys time for both sides to start calibrating their positions? Or is is there a genuine sense of frustration building, you think, that they're still hearing mixed messages from Britain? On on the one hand, uh, David Davis saying, we want the Canada deal, plus, plus, plus. And on the other hand, some very strict red lines about what Britain won't accept on free movement and other issues. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it suits everyone. I think um, there's a lot of bafflement, basically, in Brussels that the British cabinet has not yet had a single proper discussion about what they envisage to be the end state of the British-EU relationship. They find that absolutely baffling. Theresa May, from her point of view, tends to take one crisis at a time. So we've had uh, the crisis about the British financial settlements, which many Eurosceptics didn't like. She's had to agree to the transition deal entirely on the European Union's terms, including accepting the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice. So I think Theresa May's calculation is you can only deal with one crisis at a time, so she needs a bit more time to sort this out. So the sequencing of the next stage of the talks will be, first of all, the next three months of 2018, sort out the terms of the transition deal, and then sometime around March, move on to the question of the trade deal. Now, the truth of the matter is, of course, that these trade deals take many years normally to negotiate, and the idea of this is they're going to get some sort of framework agreement within six months. Now, I think, frankly, that suits the EU's point of view entirely because what they want to do is to set out very broadly the parameters of what's acceptable for the EU after hearing what Theresa May has in mind but the real detailed work will take place after Britain leaves in 2019. Right, so we have Theresa May at this summit. Theresa May's visit to Brussels this time is one which she's weakened but welcomed. George thank you. That was Jim Brunston EU correspondent talking to George Parker political editor at the European summit in Brussels. And for more on this story, go to ft.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com.